0: we can just get cracking if you want yeah this is the new rite of podcast for the lost arts reclaiming the literary holy land from the heathen and it is also
1: yeah this is uh this also the Stark truth with robert stark uh we're doing a simulcast and uh yeah everything i've recorded has been uh yeah this is the the first i I don't know if you call it a field report but we're usually yeah usually we record separately uh from from home Uh, we're actually recording uh we're taking like a short weekend trip and uh yeah we're we're in lake henshaw it's uh it's in the backcountry of san diego and it's actually somewhere that uh yeah really scenic but it's actually somewhere i've never 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 actually been i've been to san diego many times but it's uh it's Near near Julian and uh, also yeah. the Anza Borrego State Park. Right. We did a little weekend trip to what I guess
0: you'd call the east part of San Diego County. Um, doxing our trip, but it's not where we live, so I guess that's okay. Uh, yeah, we, we visited the desert. I actually wanted to field record this in the desert, but that proved to be pretty um, unrealistic given how much dust there is everywhere and how fucking hot it was. And so we're, we're recording this from our Airbnb in Lake Henshaw. Um, and Robert, this is your first ever field recording?
1: Yeah, yeah, at least for this, for uh, Star Truth Radio. Right,
0: right, right. Yeah, we've done, we've done... Well, video, I, actually, yeah, we
1: right. have done video recordings for the YouTube channel.
0: Yeah, this is kind of like that, except I guess maybe we realize we don't really need the video element. I mean, I, 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 I I've, we've started, um, for New Right Pod, we've started to do a few um, field recordings recently. I really like them. I like the in-person... Energy, um, but I, it's occurred to me I don't necessarily need the sweat of like um editing on Adobe Premiere Pro, which I'm not very good at anyway. And it's kind of you can you can kind of have your cake and eat it too by doing a quick, easy pod uh, while field recording in person. Like it, it, if this was one year ago, I would have done our Georgiani interview this way. I think it would have been better. right, but that's neither here nor there. um Welcome to the simulcast show, and today we're going to be talking about what would you call it Robert the new religion a new yeah spiritual
1: movement so yeah yeah a new yeah. spiritual movement for That's California nice. sounds really yeah I was thinking like well the idea came about we yeah we were hiking you don't want too loud. That's why just, yeah. yeah the idea came about like we were hiking up above Vernal Falls in Yosemite and Matt was yeah Matt also the same day Matt got me uh practically
0: Practically, yeah, practically in, yeah. I'd
1: say maybe not, maybe not killed, but injured. But for tripping over the stream, but above Vernal Falls, and yeah, Emerald, Emerald Lake, Emerald uh, Pool above Vernal Falls in Yosemite. Mm-hmm. starting a new religion, and I don't know, he's this like extensively long, like academic, kind of esoteric. Uh, this, this very long, like he, academic article, which Matt does. Yeah, he does write in a very. His writing style is very academic. You're talking when, about my renaissance of the ritual. Yeah, the renaissance of the ritual. But when I first started writing this new religion, I like, Matt, are you are you onto something? Are you just like like so full? Are you just full of shit? And I keep calling him up and I go, oh, How Matt, how are you coming on that new religion?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a. It's a bit of a meme. I'm not really trying to. Well, no, I won't. I won't. I will neither affirm nor deny anything it started off as one of those things where it's sort of a a half joke, but is also serious. And yes, we were talking about it on our excellent trip to Yosemite national park last September. And I mean, my answer is like, I'm both serious and not, I will get more into this later, I think. But um, for me, the, the, whatever this project is, it would be an anti-grift in the sense that it would not be for profit. It wouldn't be about hierarchy. It would certainly not be
1: about. Well, I got to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. If, if any of us write books, obviously I uh, I don't want to like hate on gr- on grift so much because I used to be more principled like like pointing out it's always been like pointing out all these people who are grifters and viewing them as complete garbage. But I don't I've changed because I think like making money independent from from just like the corporate shit. I mean that that's living the dream right. basically. Oh, so yeah. so yeah. So but I do think. It's not even yeah. So it's like selling books. If this does take off and we like <laughs> sell books, like sure, why or or, or Substack subscribe paid Substack subscriptions, sure, why not? Well, but yeah. I guess the point I think what Matt means is there are these uh, like the cult the cult movements of the past, and I do think not that's even
0: not even the big dark cult movements, but even just your average crap and there, there's a, yeah there's a dozen here these
1: stupid high it's more this yeah. like hierarchical structure where the this person has this special knowledge that that they have to pay so yeah like where do you but then the kind of question is a lot of people start off maybe start off with good intentions and then the money and status comes right. in which right. is understandable it's so understandable, like the question
0: let me just say i don't want to be in the position that is this bullshitty position where people are in where they're like making you pay them for their supposed wisdom i mean that everyone hates that everyone except low iq people smells that a mile away that is not what this is um at all whatever whatever this ends up being i mean i I take some inspiration from uh and i don't know that i'm not extensively read in this and i'm not a discordant i don't even know how to say the word discordantist myself but there's that prominent um quasi right-wing uh discordientism movement that was founded in i think whittier california and just two two friends chatting at a bowling alley and um whatever this is uh would be more in the vein of that a self-initiatory um just thing i'm exploring and doing it semi-publicly online and um you know anyone is welcome to join me anyone is welcome to join
1: us. yeah yeah so who was uh who was the figure some columnist or I forget who it was they predicted that the 2020s we will see a big resurgence in cults, much like the 70s and 80s. Uh, I
0: don't know who the columnist was. Um, you remember that, you know? What I'm talking uh, about. I remember it. I feel like it's pro- it's probably been a prediction that was made uh, in one or more um, places, uh, but I don't remember the specific columnist. Anyway, I don't know if we've actually really seen that come into full fruition. I feel like people. It's a little bit harder to start like a Charles Manson esque. Cult as it probably was back in the sixties and seventies, because I think people are a little more aware, and there is all these cult watch websites. So I don't know if we've seen the full. Actually, of that. the member I, I do agree?
1: remember. uh I remember when I was in like, middle school age in maybe ninety seven. I remember the yeah, I do remember like the Heaven's Gate cult, which was like a mass mass suicide. That was very tragic. But that's right. actually that's actually like the same. I don't know how close they were to where we are, but maybe. Maybe like forty-five minute drive. I remember that. So that was that was the later part of the nineties. So you th- you think of the maybe the eighties, the seventies or eighties, like sort of the sixties counterculture, and then these different uh, all kinds of different cults. Uh, the one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's hard to say, like, pinpoint a one era. Maybe yeah, a lot in the eighties as well. Kind and the one, most, the one that walking, the one like what well, there was the one, the most controversial like the one, walking children, children of God of walking phoenix was in with the when he was a kid, and then the one like Jim Jones, of uh, in South America like yeah. Guiana. So I'd say, I think that's like said mostly like the seventies. So what
0: it is, but, but then it's
1: just yeah, faith. then also yeah. uh, but then the eighties wave maybe more, more economic focus. It's hard to uh, say. Maybe. I mean you
0: could watch like an adam curtis movie and chart some of these cultural changes what i would say from my armchair pop psycho uh, social psychology position here would be you know it's kind of same with the the rise in serial killers at a certain point which there's all kinds of theories on these this was an element of the kind of immediately so 60s 70s petering out a little bit in the 80s and the 90s uh, immediately post um post-mid-century boom in a, the sort of underbelly of the, the boom, so to speak, the underbelly of baby boomer culture, the the underbelly of opulence, all of that kind of ends up feeding into that cult hysteria. We're going off a little off topic. My only point is I think that the, the that the the soil is indeed fertile uh, for, for t- cultic type thinking. I just don't know if from like a criminological perspective, cults are really taken off, but Uh, the, the soil is definitely, uh, ripe for, um, for, for the type of new age spirituality, uh, and for occultism, um, again, armchair social psychology, be the armchair social psychology holding that in times of chaos, which we're certainly in people grift more, not grift, drift, uh, more toward, um, a notion like the occult, which finds basically structure in chaos, which, um. I admi- I fully admit um, is probably part of my attraction to it is living in these socially atomized and chaotic times, and um, you know wanting to kind of create some order out of that for myself. Um, so I think that um, both the both the, uh, the the kind of the fabric of society and its chaos right now is fertile for these ideas. But we also wanted to talk about California
1: yeah a uh, yeah.
0: literal fertile soil ostensibly.
1: But then the you have question is like what what California kind of meant in the past and uh this is this is often a tangent but like one of the reasons why like I as as most a lot of you know I was involved with the collectivist movement and like why it failed because uh i think it failed like of them trying to kind of create an identity out of scratch as California is very deracinated but i think a lot of a lot of what made California this kind of unique, I could say like a Promethean spirit, and this ties in with all these like religious cults that were founded mm-hmm. here. Like we, Michael Maranacci's California Jesus, yeah, chronicles that. I well, think, well, well, to be, to be yeah, like way. Scientology took off here, yeah. uh, various Christians, cells, yeah, the that's the that's true. Just, which isn't real Charles crazy. Manson, uh, the yeah. cults of all the cults, like, but a lot of it, like what it meant, I think a lot of what made California Promethean. And this sense of ra- the spirit of radical creativity was its relation with America, how people keep moving like further west. Yeah. And I think I Collects think so, It, yeah. I think why Collects It failed, besides it is very obviously not so much, I'm not even talking about the legal construct of creating a new nation, just the sort of identity aspect, as California is kind of deracinated. But I think what made America unique. Was the Americans moving west to reinvent themselves mm-hmm. and collects it? Wants to kind of create this like convoluted civic nationalism based on the identity of like the original Californios, but then also, uh, using like new immigrants as like a building block to create something new. And that just, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I was something I was involved with, but I think actually looking back on it, I think it just. It's a very. I think it's a was a very. It's it's a marginal movement, maybe a, a very modest, small size movement that was able to get some media publicity when Trump was elected. But I yeah. think because of that, I could. Think, I think it's not really in tapped By it doesn't. Really, it didn't really tap into those factors about California. Right. But it is true because it very much. I think what made California Promethean was its relationship to america and that's what i think they're they're that's
0: why
1: there's so many new religions that's why why there were so many new religions just as the sense of sort of like being a colony of a colony i think it's also a factor like why california what made it promethean but then also why it's become so deracinated and why it's so stagnating as well but yeah yeah, but you do yeah you do want to yeah there are these like spiritual movements that emerged out of California. And I guess the other thing, but like the esotericism to like fascist pipeline, yeah, that does seem where it's not it's not political. It's like esotericism and extreme romanticism. Uh, that yeah, that that is a thing. And even going back, like you do see kind of overlap, some overlap with like new age, like new age culture, where new age culture is linked to liberalism kind of a lot of things like new age culture to the hippie movement but also to kind of techno libertarianism to maybe a bit like a, a, f- a fasci aspect so yeah that is that is interesting in a lot of uh also like the politics of these religious cults because i remember there was this uh obscure obscure kind of like third positionist group called the order of atlaw they were like third positionist and i met i met them were, in, were they associated with manson yeah, they're admirers of Charles Manson, <laughs> yeah. and they were also associated with kind of like the new right scene. I remember they're like into like radical, radical deep ecology.
0: Okay, give me a chance here. Yeah, no. Um, so a couple things to unpack when you said, I agree that I think you know, there's. I remember there's like a sallow forum um, chain on this. Like, why are there so many weirdos in California? And I think there's a. I think that's true. I think it's a fair assessment. I think there is a negative side to that, where you have a lot of liberal. And otherwise grifty and annoying weirdos starting religious movements in California. But I think there's a positive side too, which I'll get to. And I, I basically, uh, I, I remember there's all kinds of reasons said on this salo forum um chain, uh, ranging from everything from the weather rotting the soul of European man, you know, the the nice weather not being challenging him. But I, I think that the basic idea that it is the individualists within the ar- already individualistic american culture moving yeah Ameri- california, uh, and there's, a, there's also me, yeah
1: could you make the point could you make the point that like california is a colony of a colony
0: yeah right california is a colony of a colony and there's l- quite literally a lot of open space or at least there used to be still is where i mean well, we're, we're, we're in exactly we san right up diego county at, we're yeah.
1: overlooking like this this vast valley and it's just something i don't know something kind of so i don't know mysterious about it
0: right Yeah, I mean, we're in eastern, again, east, east county San Diego, which, if anyone's ever actually been to the county, knows is very remote. Uh, where San Diego is one of the most, one of the larger and more sprawling cities in the country. But if you get into east county, it's quite sprawling. Same with LA, on even, which is even more sprawling, but nevertheless, there's still open space. So, I say all this to say California has been very much inhabited and it's known for sprawl and known for massive population yet nevertheless you can still drive a couple hours outside of any of the cities and, and see that original vision of the open space which i think yeah again it's it's literally in the soil in that fertile open space soil for new religions to grow you mentioned michael marinacci um one of the co-authors of weird california part of the weird series also wrote his own book california jesus which focuses specifically on the christian denominations of which there are many uh including uh uh, our friend, uh, not our friend, but uh, including uh, Mr. Mel Gibson's, uh, say, to make contest church uh, as a, you know, th- th- there's a there's a lot of um, even denominations of Christianity that have grown up here. But I, I basically agree with the point that you made that it is the it's the individualistic uh, spirit. And then in terms of the New Age to fascism pipeline, well, I don't want to get too into highly, highly controversial topics here. And, um, you know, I don't identify with this personally, but you mentioned what was it, the Order of Atwa?
1: yeah order of atwa mm-hmm. uh i met some of them at a i don't want oh, to i was a long time ago but oh, it, it was a least, uh ago, right? yeah. it was a political event for some new right organization in santa cruz like in 2012 and they were like a group they lived out uh in a remote like a kind of a uh commute like a hippie type commune somewhere in northern california mm-hmm. but they were like third positionists and uh yeah. Radical, like deep ecologists in the vein of like Linkola and they also, but they also were admirers of Charles Manson. <laughs> Which is and obviously some of sucks, them actually, but... some of the members. I think one of his girlfriend, Charles Manson's girlfriends, may have been involved, and they were uh, like they believe they actually believed he was framed. They were. Yeah. Very, so, which I, I I mean, I'm not going to get into that. Oh, um, yeah. It's, you yeah. Have to,
0: you'd have to t- talk to Boyd Rice or Adam Parfrey or whoever.
1: Yeah, that, what but... is their connection? Yeah, so. Oh, that's a whole other topic. They're also
0: yeah, they're Californians. Also Cal- they, they're, they're, they're actually
1: probably highly. We could do a they whole. both are. And I think Boyd, yeah. uh, Boyd Rice is even from San Diego. I, inter- I mean, yeah. Adam Parfrey is dead, but I did get cool. to interview him. I actually did get to interview him. Boyd Rice is someone I've never corresponded with. And he's, <laughs> I don't know what he's up to now. He was more. Like they were part of like 90s apocalypse culture. Uh, Richard Wollstonecraft, Jim Goat, even.
0: Yep, yeah, no, and they're relevant to this very California based. And they definitely, uh, even as just a meme or a joke, and, and Sean Partridge being another great guy to cite here. Um, oh, and that... the Partridge Family Temple is yeah, still active. Right. Um, which is a bit In of a again, uh, yeah. I've um, I've met a few of their members around around LA. They have some uh, this is a tangent, but they have some people, you know, some younger actresses and whatnot. Um, yeah, that's surprising, not so sur- I guess I shouldn't say surprisingly, but yeah um you know, it's, it's the part of the Partridge temple has has lived on well past the 90s. But uh but no, it's relevant to this topic because th- this notion of esotericism to fascism pipeline or new age to fascism pipeline or maybe fascism is the wrong word, but new age Wa- let's say I put it this way, new age to based new age um pipeline is very real and I you know, it's something that I'm somewhat interested in. It's something I you know, you meet people who Kind of deal in these new age type spiritual ideas. This eclecticism of looking, you know, ex orient lux, looking to the eastern thought for light, um, and even looking to um, occult traditions of the West and Kabbalah and Wicca and Crowley type ideas. These uh, have a these these ideas are not you know. There's the there's the left wing um, new age cliche, but actually a lot of right wing Thinkers even go thinkers and movements going back to even some prominent ones which I'm not going to name here uh, delve pretty extensively into some of these uh, occult ideas and specific I'm also reminded of that that new the new right organization in question that was affiliated with the Otwa group or, or had the connection there well there's there's some notion there of West Coast uh, New Rightism shall we say. Um, that that emerged from that scene uh that that is also perhaps relevant here where you have people who have stereotypically liberal type interests, whether it's environmentalism or um sort of sort of syncretic occultism or even or even um Buddhism and, and stuff like that. But but apply oh, yeah, it to a so, uh, right of center political framework.
1: That uh like Savitri Devi, like oh, there's yes, a faction of, of like the new right who are fascinated with with hinduism even that's oh yeah yeah an that's... eastern yeah other eastern uh theology uh julius Evola, julius Evola, right.
0: so look we don't even need to we don't even need to give a laundry list here it's it's the, the, the information is there for anyone who scratches the surface um and by the way i uh, need to say i'm not necessarily endorsing savitri devi or or whatever or the atwa group you know the i, I i'm not as far right as them I do think it's interesting, however, that there are these groups that delve into stereotypically left wing cultural spaces in this case, um, the new age. So
1: Matt, uh, Matt, if you just want to kind of give a brief intro to your article, the Renaissance of the ritual Mm -hmm. ritual and uh, how would you define occultism?
0: yeah so it it is a long somewhat academic although rather than citing academics it cites mostly frog twitter figures uh article um i think maybe the easiest place to start is how i would define occultism i've given this some thought um obviously the basic notion of occultism is spiritual um sort of supernatural and even magical topics or even paranormal topics you know you know you you know manipulating the universe to in line with your will creating uh you know i i do find the crowley definition of magic which also is the definition of magic in in a book called pop magic that i that i read which is one of the things cited in the article i do you know there is this basic notion of magic as um you know uh bringing order to chaos in line with your will i I do find that helpful so so i'm not discounting um the notion of magic or that as a practice But I find the most helpful definition of the occult for my purposes and in the article is uh, the occult as an inquiry into those elements of nature and reality that, in my view, inform the spiritual impulse across different traditions, you know, whether Western, Christian, um, Judaic, but also Eastern, like these just these different fixtures and elements within Reality; these different things that we have access to psychologically, um, and even scientifically, uh, that inform that basic spiritual impulse, and then are ritualizable and later, co- you know, codifiable into tradition. But the, the, the occultism being a goal of as an individual, kind of tapping into. The, the wilds the energy outside of the codified space whatever that energy may be on an individual it is individualistic because you're doing it on an individualistic basis there's a, there's a purposeful um you know not interpreting in line with the tradition and instead suspending sort of suspending um you know your preconceived cultural notions and instead delving as purely as possible into the mere energy and obviously this all sounds very woo woo and um spiritual, but I don't even I think that one can even be sort of agnostic towards spiritual matters or magical matters, and that rather, you know, undeniably even, and I, again, I'm again I am just an armchair psychologist, but undeniably there are there are some psychological principles you could pinpoint and some recurring sort of anthropological uh, elements that you can find across cultures of, of the way people, you you know understand themselves in relation to the divine or in relation to the universe and the way people then ritualize that, whether it's lighting a candle or you know using different elements um you know sexual practices these these are findable across cultures so for me the most the most um helpful definition of, of occultism is just you know as as a enlightened uh individual so before delving into you know, so like I guess it was kind of in line with enlightenment thought in this regard before before delving into specific spiritual dogma, trying to pinpoint and utilize um, th- those those initial elements um, to the best of one's ability and to explore them to the best of one's ability. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, so like one, one thing I want to kind of comment on is how different uh, religion evolves and uh, a science a kind of a scientific uh, athe- atheistic approach to like to mm-hmm. um, to religion morality like how it evolves for psychological reasons mm-hmm. and uh, so there is like the kind of there's that meme uh, of the midwit and putting it towards religion like I think like uh, shitting upon like religious fundamentalists and evangelicals is like it's actually pretty cringe because yeah. that's so, yeah idea. it's even I'd say even like 15 years ago, it was becoming kind of cringe yeah. because the whole the whole like that's what basically what the establishment media and Hollywood does. And uh, but I guess this might be overly simplistic, but you have like the kind of like low IQ people who are stereotyped. Stereoty- are you talking about
0: like that bell curve meme? Yeah, the, the bell curve here? meme. If <laughs> yeah. that's
1: right, on the, so at the low end of the bell curve, like you might get like the religious yeah. fundamentalist evangelicals who believe in a uh, very simplistic like literal interpretation of religious scripts do- and doctrines and then you might get again this is overly simplistic but then you get the i think like atheism is like pe- pe- peak midwit yeah totally and then high
0: and
1: I- yeah. yeah even agnosticism to a degree but uh yeah and then like high iq I don't know, like, making, uh, the problem with making up your own, making up your own religion, besides the grifty thing, it's just hyper-individualistic, uh, but, uh, like, high, I think a lot of high IQ people, uh, like, they tend to believe, like, our consciousness is, like, just, like, the very tip of the iceberg, and, mm-hmm. or the view that, like, pro pro-science, but that science kind of explains is proof for for a god or spirituality. Th- I think that is I don't know, like kind of kind of deism or, or gnosticism, like using these like overly simplistic categories, but where I mean, what is like the role of intelligence comes in? Yeah. Because obviously I mean again it's oversimplistic because I'm like I find like the because obviously, someone like Richard Dawkins, who I'm, I'm definitely critical critical of, yeah. he definitely is a very high IQ. No, yeah, so it's like, simplistic. Yeah, I
0: think, I mean, I think empirically, and, um, high IQ does correspond with atheism. But I, but I, but nevertheless, with that bell curve, me- bell curve meme, I get what you're saying because I think it's like, so not
1: so much like their IQ, but maybe a very it is like atheism is there, an there are, overly simplistic. There, view. There's two different types of atheism. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a
0: lot more than that. There, there's your kind of traditional academic atheists who, yeah, they're probably pretty high IQ. They, maybe There's the people who kind of correspond with the the basic, um, what's his name? Um, Bert, no, no, no. Bertrand Russell's teapot thing right. where it's like, I have no reason to believe in God. Okay, those people are probably high IQ. But what you have now, kind of what you have of Sam, now, Sam exactly. The kind you of have, exactly. Pop- you have you have it passing down. You have that note that probably true notion from academia of the you know the, the, I don't believe in things I don't have reason to believe passing down to to midwit culture to normies and then they get really aggressive and territorial and they watch their I mean not to delve too into the meme stereotypes here but I will nonetheless they're Reddit and they watch um, Rick and Morty yeah, and they yeah. they're so fucking sure of their atheism that is the midwit type and then the high IQ yeah a lot of them are going to be atheists because a lot of them correspond to that reasonable. I don't believe in things I don't have re- good reason to believe in type view, but but even within that group, even some of them who are a little more agnosticy, will 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 be the types to get interested in like, well, what does this bigger picture stuff mean? You know, maybe consciousness is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, um, they may not believe in God, um, but they, think, uh, they they but they don't, but they're they're they're, they're more not they're like not the God. midwits, and then there are people who are also
1: uh, yeah, even like there. Jeffrey Giuliano, the squid the Squid Game <laughs> actor,
2: yeah,
1: he's more from the kind of like. Uh, the more uh, like liberal liberal hippie kind of new age stuff I'm very into eastern theology he made that kind of point like our our understanding of consciousness is only the tip of the iceberg and then buddhism's a whole other discussion because uh, there there is criti- there is like criticism a lot of there is there is sort of a, a stereotypical appeal of buddhism from people from the from left subcultures, but then uh, there's a good video by Ed Dudden on Buddhism. And uh, he's not, a po- he's not a necessarily opposed to Buddhism. Mm. P- he's not opposed to Buddhism per se, but he said that there, there's an interpretation that is radically liberal and radically individualistic that everything that basically everything, our plane of existence is just an illusion. Everything is temporary. Everything is fleeting and that feeds and that can, it could feed into radical individualistic and nihilism so that's that's an interpretation but uh, i guess kind of back to the idea of how religion comes from and psych from psychology because uh i think yeah. like both like kind of like both the stereotypical like evangelicals and then the mid atheists actually they both tend to be uh blank slightest if so you have an understanding of of morality and religion from from hbd how morality and religion they involve they do evolve because i remember the we did a podcast like two maybe two years ago about secular slave morality right and we had a lot of good points but but my my stance is on this my positions evolved since then and maybe listening back maybe some of the stuff we said may have been uh may have chan- viewed maybe not necessarily cringe but just our views probably evolve, but I do think, so the question is if one's religious and moral outlook evolves from biology and then brings up kind of questions of, uh, of, of salvation and the view, yeah. the Christian view of salvation only through Jesus Christ or through, or through God. And, uh, kind of how different people because of their psychological profile, all these different factors including eroticism conscientiousness like your whole ocean profile that that mm-hmm. determines like how attracted you are to religion and then if you say like a theological view that salvation is only through one religious principle if that's correct then maybe does does that value does that validate like uh, the, Cal- the extreme like Calvinist view uh Extreme Calvinist view that that there's a few select few chosen for salvation, or or kind of, or is it totally incompatible with like the more main mainline Christian view? And then there's also a sort of a more or does it vindicate a more kind of like Gnostic, esoteric interpretation of religion that different people, not so much it's not so much Calvinism but more like an a view that people are selected as as more kind of like castes and they have different different, different roles. roles. So there is a sort of selected like spiritual spiritual caste in a in a biological in both a biological, psychological and spiritual sense.
0: Yeah, I mean um my views are definitely a lot closer to the, the Gnostic notion and that ties in with the occultist notion as well. Uh, not from a totally elitist standpoint. I don't necessarily think anyone's better than anyone else with regard to this but i do think there are certain people who um do best with a very prescribed religious doctrine and sort of operate in this sort of midwit middle class normal way of that basically the religious equivalent of those midwit atheists we talked we were talking about who just kind of parrot points they Read, I think that's kind of the bulk of people, but then there's yeah, a select group that, um, I are think, more in tune
1: perhaps, or could be uh, more in tune like, or, like kind know. of an all or, or nothing and uh, universal morality. Because, uh, I haven't studied like Hinduism and Deaf, but with interpretation, that there's more, there's more like flexibility, there's more flex, it's a very kind of like flexible religion, philosophically and morally, and open to interpretation, which has its pros and its cons but the idea that diff- different moral structures instead of universalism, that different moral structures were better for different groups mm-hmm. based upon oh, based on, like psychological and genetic factors yeah, like yeah. That, instead of universal morality.
0: Yeah, no, I do think it's not a one-size-fits-all. I mean, it's funny. I sometimes say um, I'm pretty particularist in my politics, um, but when it comes to religious and spiritual matters i increasingly sound like a universalist lib i mean i'm not liberal politically but nevertheless i i'm very much a a sort of universalist and a sort of a syncretist when it comes to religion and spiritual matters i think everyone i think all of i I, you know this is an amiquo i don't know if it's from theosophy i think i maybe maybe heard david lynch cite it who is probably more influenced by theosophy than he even lets on um, but the notion that, you know, all all the world's major religions and even the lesser religions and even the tribal practices, these are all sort of paths to the top of the same mountain and whatever is at the top of
1: that. Mountain. Oh, yeah, that yeah. is. Yeah, that's also interpreted. That is interpreted as liberal, as liberal, as very liberal, because I do remember uh, when I was a teenager, I attended like this Lutheran church on the west side of L.A. And there was a pastor who was teaching that who was basically that she was preaching that there are many like paths, all religions are legitimate paths towards God. And there was a family, a very religious family, who just she, they just got up and left. They were so appalled well, by what, the idea. So that well, that that, that, what that is. Th- what do you
0: think about that idea? Because I, I happen to believe it, it uh, is at least potentially true, which I know would get me in the hot
1: well, water. Well, we yeah, yeah we don't, the thing is like no one no one really knows uh, for sure, but I guess right. No one obviously no one really knows for sure, but the idea. There's two ways of looking at it. there's a radically, so with, with that particular pastor of the church I was attending to growing up, like that was a very radically kind of liberal interpretation of that. But then the, the irony is looking at things through from a standpoint of HBD, like you could have a more kind of esoteric like right more rightist interpretation of the same idea yeah. that because people are different oh, kind
0: of like your um ideologically yeah. like yeah
1: very much very you're saying like, like
0: your pan-enclavist idea that yeah like, yeah like, it yeah, is you could have a religious demi- it is interesting i never, interesting.
1: That, I never yeah i never really thought of it that way but you could sort of have a religious uh di- a religious interpretation of like these political ideas like pan-enclavism true freedom specialization based uh politics i don't know if you read the the article but the article about like the radical center and the psychological approach to like politics and race relations and it's a a political philosophy based upon like psychology and under because when people talk Mm -hmm. about like politics based on psychology it's usually like with the left but to understand like understanding the psychological profile and needs and uh yeah yeah Instead of like it's, – it's kind of the, the thing – I think if you take like, an issue, taking like the issue of racism, like the left will shut it down as like immoral. Then you get kind of like colorblindness uh, in the middle. And uh, mm-hmm. then you have uh, – you, then you kind of – let's see. Then you have like those people who say like the extreme kind of right-wing position – of like endure, endorsing like just blind, kind of like blind, like hardcore ethno, ethno chauvinism without just more from like a gut instinct. Like a lot of pop, I, they just, the point I make is like a lot of populist politics, like, like right wing populism and left wing populism. So this is like a topic for a whole other show, but it is different. It gets different from rationalism and classical liberalism. But it has it, it demands like more a more sense of awareness than than just like populism and just following your instinct and then following kind of like these like demagogic like it's also critical of like of demagogic figures like Trump as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole yeah, as I said, it's a, it's a topic for a whole other discussion. But uh, Matt, have you read that article and you sort of do, do you understand what I'm getting at? Which article? The one, the, the radical center's psychologically inspired approach to to race relations, oh, right. and uh, so yeah, yeah understanding like understand yeah. yeah, and so like understanding like the psychological motives to political decisions, and also to like ta- the taboo aspects of human nature, and but like a- a- acknowledging their legitimacy, and then finding a productive way. To manage them and
0: uh right i mean i i you you're a prolific uh blogger robert but um i think i've read the article does it not cite, does it cites marianne williamson
1: or no? no i don't i yeah no it doesn't
0: but okay well i don't remember a specific article but I, I understand your point and i i think you've talked about it in regard to uh, Marianne Williamson, even a little bit into, to, to, to Yang before he was, uh, got, got a little more cocked. Um, uh, but th- th- there was a kind of right wing attraction a little bit, maybe it was a little bit yes, of a meme, but Yang, to, to Marianne Williamson yeah, more is, so.
1: Uh, I don't actually, I don't remember the right. A little bit. She became sort of a meme. She became like a meme, but I think it was more like to Tulsi and to Yang. Sure, sure, sure. And okay, then,
0: Tulsi and to Yang with regard to the national nationalism in the type si- issues. Yeah. The
1: psychological aspect of politics. Yang Yang is referenced in that regard. Yeah, yeah, Yang, Yang is like, good, but because he, he talked about Yang actually talked about like racism in a in the sen- in a sense of like sca- like scarcity in right. a psycho psychological so he's, like he's, a scarcity mindset rather than just moral denunciation.
0: Right. So yeah, he's higher IQ and has a more uh, attraction uh, to that you know right side of the bell curve who who deals with things that way. But you did I know this was a bit more of a meme because there was a, you know you want to talk about grifters of spirituality movements, Marianne Williamson is kind of an example, maybe not the worst and most grifty example, but an example nonetheless of someone from California dealing in new age thought. You know, dealing out mysticism. You know, she was she was in some ways like ve- very much cringed uh, over by the right, but there was a certain faction on the distant right again. Maybe as a meme, and I think it included you and even perhaps Richard Spencer, who were kind of jokingly saying oh, like, I, I think... "She is, she is at least nice. She is kind of bringing this compassionate approach uh, to certain issues." You know, there's that almost Lynchian thing. I think
1: The difference is not so much with Yang; it's the psychological understanding rather than moral denunciation. I think the appeal to her isn't so much even ideological, just that she she just uh she emulates like pure like pure compassion and uh yeah, yeah that does the, like and- that that does seem very kind of uh, very liberal or 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 hippie-ish, but I think because so much of politics is about especially uh, on both sides, but I say more on the left the establishment, I is about, like, punishing your your enemies and about... It's about vengeance and...
2: Uh,
1: right. And I think that just... I mean, just enough, even though uh, it's very... She's basically... It's sort of, like, really... Like, some of it, stuff she says to me as kind of, like, basic bitch, kind of, like, right. hippie talking points, I think because of how our society is... Just her going on Bill Maher and saying we have to show, we have to show love and compassion to people who don't see the way we do, like that. That in some ways is become like, an extreme uh, rev. Uh, yeah, it's become a pretty. It's in some ways it is groundbreaking.
0: Um, yeah, if you have Andrew Yang as being on the you know further right side of the the bell curve meme here, um kind of bring a high IQ policy-based approach to how we can meet people's psychological needs. Marianne Williamson is sort of the more midwit basic bitch version of that. But nevertheless, the midwit basic bitch version of something good. Let's call it the better trend coming out of the 2020 Democratic primaries, which was people willing to actually kind of psychologically grapple with the issues in society as opposed to just... You know, well, we don't even need to. I don't really want to rehash 2020 issues, but you, you, you know, the opposite side where it's all these people, you know, should basically be be silenced and and
1: whatnot. So yeah, with the whole like kind of psychological approach to politics, it includes like specialized plans, and uh, I mean, how to manage like not not just like mental health, but just how to how do you, how does society manage things like like the like, competition for social status that drive uh politics so i think where where the political like my my article on politics uh on, on psy- psychological approach to politics and the radical center relates to to your article on the new spiritual movement it's this idea of quasi occultists in some ways is being in touch with the darker side of human nature right. but on also having a better understanding of one's own subconscious and all the, all the things, all the things that we, but it's different than rationalism and classical liberalism, but understanding like all the things, all our actions, and not analyzing it so much from a rational, rationalist standpoint, what are, what we do, like the rationalists will say, are what we doing, is it rational or is it overly emotionally driven, but trying to have a better understanding about uh, these deeper, Uh, subconscious and psychosocial motives and the occultist angle comes in as being in touch with that like dark energy but then the question but then is it in some sense like how how to not reject not rejecting it but instead like understanding it better and then sort of in a sense taming it
0: yeah um that that resonates to a degree i think it's about um Definitely, it's as opposed to that's one attraction that I've had. By the way, I'm going to answer this question, and then we should pause because we're, we're coming up on our checkout time. Okay. So I'm going to answer this question, and I'm going to pause, and we'll deal with the rest later. Okay. okay. It's going to be good. Uh, that definitely resonates. I think one, one thing that attracts me to, you know, a lot of what I've described as my attraction to occultism more recently has to do pretty specifically with the phase of life that I'm in and also the phase of, you know, the po- political dialectic that we are all in the state of society as being chaotic and the state of older belief systems, um, sort of facing, facing certain challenges. Uh, this one is, would be something I would say pretty much in favor of occultism for, for any age is that it, the relationship with darkness and with, with the dark side, what young, um, who I'm no expert on, but I will nevertheless cite what young cites as kind of a shadow work or the shadow self or however he puts it. Um, (laughs) occultism's uh, ability to uh delve into that and to sort of use it and another notion that you see kicking around a lot or that i kick around in my article and a and type of so-called occultism that i like is alchemy the notion of taking dark matter and making it light turning uh black bile into gold etc um that notion in occult which is it's present in the the mystical dimensions of mainstream religion as well but it's definitely even more explicitly part and parcel of occultism where there's this notion of taking taking the dark and making it light as you said taking the dark sides of human nature our dark desires our dark uh, capabilities and um you know not wishing them away under the rug but sort of exploring them in a controlled manner and you know utilizing them to 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 beneficial purpose um is something that that really draws me in especially to that kind of alchemical notion uh one one useful dichotomy here is you hear a lot and then other people say that it's nonsense and there really is no difference and that it's another you know bad binary or something but is the right hand path occultism versus the left hand path uh we've talked about this on past shows uh you know i i'm definitely um a right-hand path guy if if i had to pick a side but i think a lot of it is about sort of bridging that gap too and looking at the uh and again to spell it out for people who may not know left-hand path being sort of amoral um you know driven by what would be considered to be more amoral or immoral or baser instincts and, and right-hand path being or another way to say it, uh, left left-hand path being dionysian right-hand path being apollonian and um I, I you know if I had to pick a side I, I side with Apollonian I side with bringing order to chaos rather than chaos to order but nevertheless I think you do need both sides you need to tap into the Dionysian the energy and that's a big part of the the first chunk of my essay is you need to be willing to tap into that Dionysian energy what Paulia calls thonic energy um you, you need to be willing to to tap in into that uh, as, as a source of energy I mean this is uh, talk about the, the elements behind the spiritual impulse, well, some of those elements are really messy. It's the, you know, the, the mess of an ejaculation leads to new life. I'm not trying to be crass here. So you need to be willing to tap into that energy, but also bring bring order to it. And I think there, you know, there is a version of that a little bit in what you're talking about, even on these kind of more quotidian political matters of uh, uh, of taking an honest look at human psychology and using it to inform, um, you know, political policy or psychological programs that, that lead to the betterment of society, bettering of quality of life uh, in real, real life examples, you know, a little bit of Yang, a little bit of Marianne Williamson, but, um, but, but maybe even better spell that Robert uh, by Blackstone. I mean, that, that's an alchemical name. If i have ever heard one, Blackstone, um, Blackstone in your novel as, um, as an example, par, ex, par excellence of this kind of political, thinker who 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 takes a really unflinching look at the darker aspects of humanity but seeks to create aesthetic gold from it um we need to pause pause in a second but would you want to comment on blackstone and the role of that kind of notion in your book We um, We had to drive, we, our Airbnb checkout time was 11, so we had to drive to a viewpoint of Lake Henshaw, which is not exactly what you'd call, we're not that close, but we are on, pulled over the side of California Route 76, I think it's called, and we are ready to get back into it. And Robert, I had just asked um, about Blackstone, about Roger Blackstone from both of your novels, uh, *Journey to Viper Island* and *Sequel Vaporfornia, as a character, as a as a political alchemist, as someone who takes the black bile of human nature, the dark side of human nature, the Jungian shadow work, and um, is successfully able to uh, alchemize it into a positive political program, a positive positive policy and um something for the betterment of all for the betterment of so- society and for the betterment betterment of individuals um if you want to comment on that
1: yeah roger blackstone so yeah uh we already did a show on vapor but uh recently i'm i'm working we were working on the uh, uh, a to vapor going going kind of reviewing blackstone so what like what what he symbolizes politically uh yeah we already kind of went over that but i think the the specialization element uh specialization based approach to to psychology i put, well, basically what we were saying earlier is putting psychology into politics and basing politics on that different groups have different psych- psychological needs yeah. And uh yeah, a bit of that a bit of that from Yang and the sort of Promethean Promethean elements of Blackstone, which are more I could say relevant to Giorgiani. Right. Uh the idea that like those in power uh who are just kind of stifling radical creativity, but they're they're consolidating or hoarding on to wealth and power, like mm-hmm. managerialism that could represent the Olympians and this idea of radical Promethean politics but it is sort of uh I, there is an element but there is a kind of an element of of cast to that like there is there a promethean like of a promethean cast in a sense and maybe that was like for the for the protagonist of that book max maybe that was a bit of a bit of like a, a kind of a, a cope could be to like where where his arc could be a bit of a cope mm-hmm. but also like the role of just this movement uh, of innovative, radical creativity of artistic, cultural, technological, and even scientific innovators like rising, rising up, and that being yeah, people who would, not people would be,
0: who would traditionally be ignored by the mainstream. Blackstone giving a voice and a, and a, and a platform to right.
1: That's part of it, and then uh, then we, I mean, we talked, we kind of talked about this like the more the more taboo the more taboo elements getting into eugenics but then that element like the element with blackstone and eugenics the element of caste the element of like this promethean creator class like we are i think we 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 pretty adequately covered the political angles on our last show but what do you get do you get any spiritual component from from uh from blackstone obviously a big theme in the book is also this idea of uh the, the, the yeah, I wrote block. about I wrote yeah. about yeah I wrote about this in my in my adendum that there's everyone has like their own kind of personal algorithm that you have kind of you have to kind of life hack and could be a metaphysical or spiritual even parapsycholo-
0: parapsychology pa- para, yeah.
1: parapsychological but it's sort of a, a extreme or esoteric take on psychology and self improvement but I guess. I guess like the alternative to that is just letting in the light of God or the light of the universe, like photosynthesis, photosynthesis, everything, and just take, take that in. But it does, it does correspond somewhat to like an abstract, an abstract sense of like chaos magic over a specific like algorithmic regimen. So Matt, if, if you want to comment on this, on that, but then also like, what is this like the spiritual component of what? Of what Blackstone represents as an archetype, too. Sure.
0: Yeah. No. You talked about the um, the dichotomy, that dichotomy you're laying out between a certain uh, a certain kind of um, chaos, magic type thought, which to me sounds exhausting and 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 like havoc on anyone who has any inkling of obsessive compulsive tendencies. Uh, the notion of like. Uh, I have to tap into my true, the notion, there's the Krollian notion of tapping into your true will. And you could drive yourself crazy um, trying to, you know, access, like, what is the exact right thing I have to do right now? The exact right situation I have to put myself in uh, to, in order to tap into my true will, to hack into, um, you know, the, my perfect life. Um, that, that is a notion that I think, respectfully, Robert, I think you struggle with a bit. I something I think that a lot of us struggle with. A bit uh including including myself um but i i try to look at that's that's like the i guess a a a possible pitfall of tapping into occult type thinking or certainly any crowley true will type thinking is that you drive yourself crazy with does this little thing mean this and i have to do this and this is this is my true will and are you even if you were just even without the occult element you can get into this headspace if you're like a christian and you're wondering what god's will is for you you can really you can really trip over yourself worrying about the specific details of should I do this, that, and the other thing. But I find a much more helpful um, metaphor well, yeah, to use. Yeah,
1: just to call this because uh, if, you, if you do, like, a Google search for Christians OCD, like, these these people, they're not... Well, they're Christians, they're not. It's the opposite of call this. But these people are actually in, like, utter psychological torment. Right. Because they try to combine their ocd with religion yeah, yeah and the, basically the advice from most of these like theological counselors is just it's just sort of a, to embrace god and then to let go of all that nonsense. exactly
0: well that's exactly what i was about to say because yeah it's not it really isn't an occult issue it's really an, an issue of any spirituality and when you bring in something like the notion of hell and brimstone into the uh equation yeah that can drive you even crazier and yeah that's the answer In as far as there is a simple answer is to let go and let god Uh, I I think that applies just as much for a orthodox Christian as for someone who's a little more new agey. You just need or, you know, you could say the universe even like you just have to let go. And I find it useful to imagine myself as a plant sort of photosynthesizing the light of God, the light of the universe, as you said, Robert, Um, just kind of not being passive because you need to you do need to be active when the time calls. But just recognizing that that is our fundamental state is not as prime movers unmoved, but rather um, you know, inflectors of a greater light. I do think on that Crowley notion of the true will and on the notion of the occult in general, I do think that we do have a considerable amount of power as creators and definitely as artists, you know, we are playing the role of God in our work. You know, there is a special relation there and like a little bit, a little bit of obsessive compulsive, a little bit of, uh, you know, what do I really need to do? That's okay. But you just, what in that dark hour where you're, where you're driven crazy, you need to, you need to know when to surrender and i think that is a much more spiritually palatable way of going through
1: yeah then and
0: not not fussing too much over the past is the other thing to remember
1: yeah yeah that 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 is another huge theme in the the book like alternative life life paths and uh alternative futures what could have been definitely then the ethereal realm the vapor and then like uh the astral plane uh which it's, it's a, it's a more esoteric, it's a more theological or esoteric concept. Also has to do with like your soul before, after you die. But the thing is, and then there's Timothy Leary's idea of uh, that you can hack into the astral plane
0: with psychedelics,
1: the psychedelics yeah. uh, and, uh, or the astral plane in a sort of metaphoric sense, but, uh. I think another example is, uh, you listened to this on a previous, and we listened to it on our trip back from the Barry, and re listened to it, so Pillator uploaded a conversation with uh, my old co-host Alex Von Goldstein, right. and, and I have no idea if if, uh, if Goldstein, <laughs> if he, if, if, uh, if Goldstein mm-hmm. agreed permission, because that's just something, uh, Pillator's a good friend, but sometimes he doesn't, he, he sometimes he posts stuff without people's permission, and that's just <laughs> that's just his thing. So, but the dream world was this concept. So he's but Goldstein is brilliant. Like I used yeah, to. Is. Yeah. Be, but the thing is when you listen to this, like you don't know. It's like some people might interpret it as a as a genius as, as a genius. Some people might some you people know, might come across as totally schizophrenic, or to some people it might just be a metaphor, and it's this idea. But it also gets in that there is this kind of. So, what Goldstein talks about is a dream world, like the aspiral plane or the vapor, is this world where people's subconscious are sort of interconnected and deals with telepathy. But then it also deals a bit with like a spiritual cast. Like, there's this one, there's certain groups of people who are attuned to it. And he was even saying, people, even people who are more like on the spectrum, saying like they're more kind of attuned and uh mm-hmm. yeah or this idea that like there's this weird esoteric idea that schizophrenics are are actually seers? attuned yeah seers yeah like that that's a thing but yeah well, if you listen to that like i think different people interpret interpret out goldstein's dream world alex von goldstein's dream world like different in a different manner but did you you listen to the same audio from from pillator he posted to a sub like what did
0: did you get a lot out of it? Uh, it's going back about a year now, but but yeah, I do think there is a certain brilliance to what to what Alex was was saying, in that I think it is roughly analogous to what you call the vapor. You I think you talk about it in your addendum, the notion of using aesthetics to kind of communicate a message in in chaos magic and in, in the occult. That's called sigils, um, and that's part it's basically the same thing as meme magic. It's using symbolism and imagery and aesthetics to communicate a non. Verbal idea on a sort of higher, uh, like through the astral plane, so to so to speak. And I, I, I interpret. Uh, there's probably more to it than that, but I basically interpreted Alex von Goldstein's dream world notion as that, and it's the same way that I sort of interpret your um, vapor metaphor in your novels. And it's definitely part and parcel of the kind of occult notions that I'm talking about here. I mean, it, honestly. Uh, I, I've, you know, on and off throughout my life, been a little bit interested in occult topics, but definitely the, probably the start of my current interest goes back to like 2016, 2017 times when everyone was talking about meme magic and this notion that meme magic worked and it kind of seemed to, and I think there is kind of a parapsychological explanation for that, the way images can, and through the internet, especially when they're reproduced in mass um can communicate a powerful message and change minds it also corresponds a little bit to my old blog com, where we're in our old conversations we've had robert about um basically the the politics of aesthetics and um sort of using aesthetics as this incredibly politically potent tool um, yeah it's the, the these are that that's like a, a a central tenet of what i'm interested in i would say is sigils and and aesthetic magic I guess
1: the idea like there's an idea that that aesthetic aesthetics is not not just worldly. If you create like aesthetics that are on the the such such a ground that are so groundbreaking, you open up some ethereal realm or the quote yeah. that man's longing to be reunited with the right. divine. I forget from Zurius. The musician, I think, talks about. Oh that. right, yeah, yeah from Zurius. Also, the end of my—that's that, like the last line of my *Vapor Fornia* too.
0: Yeah, no, it's a—it's a notion that speaks to me a lot. The notion of trying to get back in touch with the divinity and um, our yearnings, our, our nostalgia, um, whatever that Portuguese word you—you you mentioned *saudade*.
1: Saudade is yeah. longing, homesickness for a place that you're longing not sure exists. For basically. Longing for yeah. what could have been in a hypnagogic state exactly
0: that's part and parcel of what informs me spiritually and even occultically if that's a word as well um is that is that notion of longing to be reunited with the divine and maybe maybe this leads a little bit into um you know the degree to which i think some of these occult notions that i'm kicking around here and i kick around in my article are they are not necessarily—they um, are not necessarily in contradiction with. Certainly not in contradiction with monotheism or traditional religion. Um, I rather think they can be uh, complementary, and I have kind of a specific theory about that. That I, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll get into. Uh, what one definition of the occult is that it's kind of the shadow of the prevailing belief system or the mainstream belief system, often in some degree of opposition to it or in some, you know, sub uh, subversive against it. My my take on it, similar to my definition, being just getting back in touch with the primal stuffs of spirituality in the first place, has to do with um. It's not that it's not the shadow of the prevailing belief system, or it is the shadow, but it rather than rather than a shadow existing next to it, it's a post shadow, and um, that that religion in the West as the this is gets into heady philosophical waters, but also mystical waters. Religion in the West and Christianity um, as the product of a certain logos, um, as E. Michael Jones would call it, um, and and the unraveling of of a certain logic um, is kind of coming to an end, and it's dried up and and, and lost its vigor like a fish on the shore. This is a metaphor I take from Alexander Dugan, who is also an occultist. Um, I take that notion seriously, and I I think that the type of occult notion that I'm interested in, it's not um, subverting the mainstream religion so much as recognizing that it is in crisis and it's been dried up by over rationalization and a myriad other forces which i don't necessarily want to get into spelling out but i think it's something that a lot of people can see if they look that you know religion is in the west in general in the Spenglerian sense is is been sapped of its vigor and we now need to look to find some way of restoring that vigor and i think that we can find this in in certain you know delving carefully because we are playing with fire when we're dealing with these fundamental matters and it's not for everyone but some of us um who who are who are who who exhibit a degree of caution um and are attuned to these things i think can kind of tap into that primal stuff that primal fire um from which new traditions can be founded and i think that's pretty much the tldr of my Substack stack pieces that we need to do that, and that I think certain, certain not to not to suck anyone's dick too hard, but certain frog Twitter figures like Bronze Age Pervert and Mike Ma and, and others yeah. um, have have begun that process.
1: And, yeah, I um, just kind of I just kind of go over go over these different points. Is like there was like what Nietzsche calls a Dionysian. There also relates to Camille Paglia's uh, take on the basic that there is yeah. this kind of like basic primal force of nature that's behind all arts and literature.
0: And sexuality,
1: uh, yeah, sexuality yeah sexuality uh but then that gets more freudian that like sexuality yeah, yeah well that's but a, there's but, there's, yeah, but a, there is validity in that yeah, yeah. Right, right that's a corner i would wish to i don't want to go down the freudian
0: path right there, you
1: know? and then you have yeah. like baps bronze age pervert all the foundationalist versus traditionalist and then mike Ma is uh I've never I've never read his book, but I- I've just listened to his playbook playlist and uh, <laughs> all right,
0: you've listened to his Spotify
1: playlist. Spotify right. playlist <laughs> and yeah, he. Yeah. So the thing is, he 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 flirts with occultism, but he's also in some ways, is radically trad, right? Like he yeah, right. In his yeah. book, he advocates like executing like all uh, basically all degenerates. So he is pretty yeah, I mean, yeah, hardcore. And then, <laughs> but the thing <laughs> is, he does. So, but he refers to himself as an instinctive 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 christian to instinctive yeah. so is that is that getting back to what we said earlier in the podcast how religion instead of trying to kind of impose religion uh and theology like top down just that religion religion religious values comes from instincts
0: yeah exactly Can that? thanks um yeah, no, uh, that notion of instinctive Christianity—that there's that you could access a Christian theology or morality or, or way of life uh, without necessarily ever having read the Bible. I mean, that, that is, I, I assume theologians have grappled with this. Like, how how can someone born in the Amazon rainforest, away from society, be, be best be a Christian? I mean, there must be some kind of answer to that. What is it? You know, and I think it would have to do with tapping into these basic psychological uh obviously most christian teaching you know it is it is a teaching of logos you do need to learn but there must be some instinctual you know fingerprints of the universe that anyone can access anywhere and i think the question i don't i'm not exactly sure if that's what mike ma is getting at but maybe and i think the question is how do you sort of access those And, and for that if you do if you were able to do that you can refound, you know. I talk about the foundation of new traditions, but this could also be a way to refound old ones. If you're able to do that, and you don't need to actually forget your Bible or anything, but if you're able to re tap into that vital energy that, you know, if you're a religious person, you must believe it is out there. If you're able to do that, then you can refound the religion for yourself, and before long, you can refound it for others. Um, yeah, the, the piece I wrote for Substack is it's it, the name is taken from a section in, in Mike Ma's book, Gothic Violence, the Renaissance of the Ritual um in which he he describes a you know a program where i mean yes as you say he is a traditionalist right and he talks about a, this sort of very based and right-wing sacrifice of all the unworthy gatekeepers and this that and the other thing but the part that really spoke to me was where he says you know in our lifetime we will see the re-emergence of white magic not occultism but um what is it? I don't have the quote in front of me, but I can almost quote it, I think. Uh, not darkness, but a closeness to it. Not occultism, but the rituals of it. That's what he advocates. So, not occultism, but the rituals of it. And that notion, the aesthetic freedom of, of re uh, the aesthetic freedom that comes from that, rather than trying to always, um, you know, um, conform yourself to religion as, as, you, as it has been taught to you, which in so, in so many instances is so cucked and so dry. You know, look at the if you look at, you know, a lot of mainstream denominations, even even Catholicism, you know, there's a considerable amount of liberalism to it. Rather than always trying to comply with that, which probably has its value, I will add as a caveat, you know, people need community, etc. I'm not advocating that anyone stop going to church if you go, but at the same time, a lot of us find that we need something more. And I think that the type of aesthetic freedom that Ma indicates in this notion of not occultism, but the rituals of it, this and I, which again, I interpret as getting back in touch with those figments of reality and nature that underlie the spiritual impulse or even the Christian impulse, um, I think is the answer to recapturing that vigor. And I also, if I could just go on my tangent here, I think, again, and not to be Mr. Uh, Mr. Tealbuck's frog Twitter citing all the right accounts guy, but um, BAP, you know, um, ad- talks about the refounding of traditions uh, quite a bit. And he
1: himself, you know, with well, his well, you sort s- of... Wait,
0: wait with yeah. uh,
1: BAP... He says Founda- foundationalism, but not traditionalism. Right. Um, well, with
0: Bap, there's a quote from this article that I wrote period in Spring where he talks about basically that no, he's not anti-traditionalist, but says that, that tradition is basically gone. That no one, I think he says, except for in a few nooks of imperial Japanese palaces or in Bhutan, you know, because Bap's on this kind of... A little bit of a theosophy kick, I would say, with Tibetan, you know, secretive esoteric Easter traditions. But for the most part, he thinks, I guess, that traditionalism is completely cucked and dried up in the West. You can't access to it. You can't, you have no access to it. So we, we, are, four, we are in the position where we must found new traditions and re tap into that. And it, ha- it corresponds to tapping into a certain Nietzschean vitalism. So the, the, bo- the bodybuilding, the sunbathing, it's all. The, the the healthy diet, the the getting back in touch with your body, it's all part and parcel uh, for BAP. I think for mods similar. What were you gonna say?
1: Yeah, it also relates like to the politics of retrofuturism, like not going back but tapping into that alternative uh time frame. And then you have like with Prometheism, Jason Giorgiani, like that could be interpreted as like Satanism in the sense of rebelling against God, like the idea of stealing the fire from the gods. Yes. And uh, Prometheus, obviously in Greek mythology, rebelled against Zeus and the Olymp- uh, right. rebe- re- rebelled against uh, against Zeus and the Olympians. And uh, we talked about like the, the, the fictional candidate presidential candidate Roger Blackstone and the, the billionaire entrepreneur. And Johnny's a Prometheus, so he's yeah. very adamant that he wants nothing. To do with christianity there's absolutely no reconciliation <clears throat> and uh right. would you what is would you agree would you agree with that no or could <laughs> yeah or do you think he's too rigid like do you think there can be uh value and things because and uh, things that are obviously so so uh uh fundamentally at odds with one another what Is his take
0: um yeah, no, I, I don't necessarily think so. And part of it, part of it, part of my disagreement stems from not having a powerful counter argument as much as that I am just more syncretic and, frankly, liberal in my spiritual views that, you know, I, I think that, yes, you could you could, you could could eschew Christianity and eschew Judeo-Christianity and, 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 and perhaps be a neo-pagan or perhaps, as a lot of, you know, right-wing people are, or perhaps be something different altogether. I'm not necessarily opposed to doing that. I just very much think that that what I'm interested in is, is making a, mo- a more modest point than a whole new Promethean religion to refound the West. No, I'm much more interested in um, giving people a toolbox. Whether you're somewhat agnostic and just want you know a kind of creative and spiritual outlet, um, which is kind of I mean I'm not agnostic. I do believe in God, but I'm not currently practicing any religion so I'm a little closer to that but also if you are even um, a very traditionalist uh, Catholic or or, or Christian I think that I don't think that um, tapping into some of this kind of call it a certain spiritual vitalism is 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 at odds with it I think that people and again again not to not to cite not to full-heartedly cite um, endorse everything this man stands for but someone like Alexander Dugan with his Old believers, orthodoxy, but also interest in Crowley, I think, is an example of this. And I think it's the type of thing that sort of will need to happen and will inevitably happen um, moving forward Um, spiritually in the West. And I, um, this, you know, a little bit of a side point here, but I think, you know, the spiritual revolution, whatever happens next spiritually, um, I believe takes precedent over anything else that happens politically, racially, whatever, like there needs to be this renewal.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree with that, and I think it's a good. I think this is a good time to to wrap up. Almost, I, I want to make a couple. Yeah, if you just want to make like some of your last final points, and with this, I wouldn't even call it like a, a movement, a new spirituality movement. Like so far, it's just very, it's just like an open ended like philosophical discussion. Remember when right, you got to end. the top of the waterfall, the open ended well, top of the waterfall by Emerald. Right. Emerald pool in pool, Yosemite, and, Yosemite yeah. and you were, and you were just like, and I was thinking like, is this, is this guy, Matt here really going to start your religion or is he totally full of shit? Mm-hmm. And, but this thing, like, yeah, it's just like an open, it's an open ended philosophical discussion that may or may not lead somewhere. You're but, right. uh, <clears throat> if, before I wrap, we wrap up, do you want to make like
0: my last pitch, your I'm last,
1: your pitch? last, yeah, your last pitch, your last thoughts, on kind of wrapping up everything we've discussed this morning and then also if you actually do have like uh grandiose plans for the future
0: oh why yes i do robert thanks for asking so yeah this will kind of be by way of summary but i I uh, envision uh, an affirmative um, spirituality or religion that um, attempts to create order in a chaotic and random universe. Something that recognizes the chaos and randomness, definitely of our times, but perhaps even, as in chaos magic, the fundamental randomness of everything, and seeks to bring order to that in line with the will. That's very simply what I advocate. I, you know, I lay out a few a few steps in my article. You know, it's about us seek the aesthetic wonderment first and foremost you must affirm the mess of the universe and then you must you know create create order from chaos um invent whether that's inventing your own rituals alchemizing darkness into light that's the basis of what i advocate I, i i'm interested in a self initiatory process i think that people should take these ideas for themselves and apply them and i'm happy to be in touch with anyone who does so um, I, it's an anti-grift. I'm not looking to make any money off of this. Beyond, If I do write something, I'll obviously sell it for a fair price and, you know, whatever. But, like, I'm not, this is, this is the opposite. This, as a matter of principle, this shall be a, the opposite of a grift. It's about stealing fire from the gods. It's about stealing fire from the gatekeepers and do magic as a birthright, um, etc. Um, no, yeah, uh, so I, I I envision this as something that, <sighs> can be kind of taken on its own terms, almost like a new religion or a new spiritual program, or it can be used to um, um, complement existing religions as a means of renewing older beliefs. Um, uh, Yeah, it's definitely influenced by certain frog Twitter figures like Ma and Bap and the notion of foundationalism as opposed to traditionalism, Um, the notion of refounding um, new traditions um, in this sort of post, where, you know, Dugan talks about pre-order, chaos and post-order chaos, pre-order chaos being that sort of Dionysian element at the foundation of things, which I believe in tapping into post-order chaos being the perceived chaos of Logos and decay, which I think we have in the West. And yeah, it is this chaotic moment in which we can re, I think, you know, re-access that original mystical pre-order chaos. Um, And yeah, I know in order to do that, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that 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 pretty much uh, wraps it up.
1: Yeah, uh, great show, and uh, yeah, it was a great discussion, and and take care, everyone.
0: Thanks so much. Bye. Let me just say one last thing that I may slip in earlier, um, and I, I may cut this out if, if it doesn't work. But um, Arthur Schopenhauer, just, I just did want to make this point. Arthur Schopenhauer is another a good example of someone, in some ways, the the great great godfather of new age thought in the west the pretty much the first known western buddhist if i'm not mistaken someone who who really researched that and and, you know in his thought is affiliated with the right so just as a point of illustration um and you know certainly bap talks a lot about schopenhauer um and uh finding light in eastern thought um that is absolutely a a excellent precedent uh for the degree to which there is an esoteric to based pipeline yeah, you can anything any else you want to add, we can put it in later. I'm gonna
1: wrap up for you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, not much I mean, I think you pretty much covered it, and then also uh, also Jungian I haven't studied Jung extensively, so I don't have a go on I don't have like a whole lot to say, but it's also relevant to Jungian psycho psychology. Relevant like to the Jungian subconscious and kind of combining, like, spirituality with psychology in that regards, but I don't yeah, have definitely. a whole lot to, to say. this
0: day, you can still go into, like, random, um, what's it called? Very random um, new age bookstores and, and, and occult bookstores, and they still have Jung. Like, he's still definitely relevant. Yeah? What are you going to say? You can say it. Uh,
1: that's all. Yeah. Are you going to edit that
0: part in? Um, yeah, I'll edit it in. Oh, yeah, uh, the other part, I will add it in. edit it Yeah, in? I'll be able to edit in. The other thing I was going to say was um, theosophy, which seems super liberal, no religion is above truth, syncretic, you know, <laughs> taking influence by, by different religions. Um, interestingly, that too um, had a significant influence over, like, the Nazis and whatnot. Case in point, some of these broader, um, old-school, new-agey ideas were – definitely not um definitely definitely amenable to the right and perhaps even more amenable to the right than they would have been to the left as an interesting side note um theosophy is something i'd like to study more but they do say it influenced everyone from hitler to lynch